This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. And welcome back to the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTK the ticket. We are online at WTK.com and it's a nine o'clock hour. So we say hello to the guys from the M Global Law Roundtable as Sam is off to Lucas Oil Stadium for day two of Big Ten Media Days. Of course, that is headlined by Jim Harbaugh at the podium at 1230. Plus, Michigan's uh, three player representatives will be at their podiums at around 115. We'll have full coverage tomorrow of today's day two here on the Michigan Insider. But as I said, it's now time for the last MGO Blog Roundtable of July. In fact, it's the last MGO Blog Roundtable before fall camp begins. Hello, fellas. Good morning, Brian Cook. How are you? Good. When you said last MGO Blog Roundtable, I thought we were canceled. Just of July and before <laughs> fall camp opens. Very, very specific. Seth, good morning. Uh, again, you're uh, with briefly with us in the last segment. Good morning again from uh, the good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling in from Tim Hortons in West Branch, Michigan, because my family wanted to be up north by this afternoon, and I had to be on the radio, so this is the, this is the way we did it. And good morning, uh, Craig. Uh, Craig, how are you, Craig? Craig I'm doing fine from the, from the hobbit hole in my basement. So it looks like you have power, and you have, so that's good. Yeah, One I've had power, power the whole time. One of us here doesn't have power at home. So uh, anyway, we'll talk football here as we are rolling along. Of course... The talk of the week is the uh, coming off of the uh, the reports that came out on Tuesday. So let's just uh, jump right in. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Your reaction when the reports uh, started to surface about the negotiations between Michigan and the NCAA about a potential Jim Harbaugh four-game suspension and the other penalties? Uh, basically, a lot of anchorman memes. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Uh, that escalated quickly. Like, just... Basically, I turned into like one of those guys who only makes references to movies for in my head for about 30 seconds. But yeah, the uh, contrast between what's happening at Michigan and what's happened at Tennessee, where they had like a blatant pay for play scandal where Jeremy Pruitt was preying on the corpse of George Floyd was he gave $300 to various people out in like sacks of lunch bags. It's just like, what are we even doing here? So it just seems like, you know, the NCAA thought they had something here and they're like, oh, I'm not a totally useless person. I can do something. And so that's what they're doing. And I, I feel like, you know, it, this doesn't matter. Like nobody is taking this seriously. Nobody's taking the Tennessee thing seriously. And as soon as the suspension is over, the only person, people who are going to mention it are Michigan State fans on the Red Cedar message board. And then that's it. Nobody's ever going to bring it up again. Not even the Ohio State fans. They're going to be like, ah, nobody, nobody yeah. cares about this. Ohio the State, fans, State are fans are already there. Ohio the Michigan State, State fans just had their best day in probably two years. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got Jim Harbaugh suspended, and the upcoming Michigan Michigan State game is at night, so they can throw batteries at us. Says well, can- Mike Valenti. Yeah, very responsible uh, commentary from Detroit Radio. It is actually pretty funny that the, as the reporting came out, Seth, that you have Paul Feinbaum yesterday defending Jim Harbaugh. You've got Ohio <laughs> State defending Jim Harbaugh. The only people, to Brian's point, that are going at that are agreeing with the NCAA and, and going after Michigan are Michigan State people. Everybody else is just going like WTF, basically. Well, the problem is everyone on the Ohio State beat is very much on record saying lying to the NCAA is okay. So. Huh. It's very hard for them to backtrack that one. Uh, Harbaugh did get more than Urban Meyer got. Urban Meyer, by the way, only didn't get to coach the games. I thought maybe they'd do that for Jim, right? We're like, you just don't, you can coach the week, but can't. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be for games only. 
it's, anyone knows anything about coaching, that's like the one day that they get off. Like, all you do is walk them down the sidelines and try to make sure your players aren't bored. And pro- call timeouts when appropriate, hopefully. Yeah, but I, I, by now, I think they have somebody in his ear doing that. Oh, Otherwise, doing that they, because you remember when he was doing it himself, they were not getting time clock management very right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Ohio State fans, as far as I can tell, are completely nonplussed by this, find it to be a non-issue. Uh, I'm Valeni's comments are beyond the reprehensible because I was actually hit in the head with a thrown bottle at Michigan State uh, for no particular reason except wearing a Michigan sweatshirt, as far as I can tell. And 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 in a game where Michigan State actually won, so you'd assume they would have been happy. Uh, so it's, you know, for, for a person in the media to suggest, uh, Michigan state fans should throw bot or batteries at, at Michigan, uh, fans is quite remarkable. Um, but there it is. I mean, do you guys have a, a feeling about who will coach or who will be the sort of figurehead coach beyond Seth's idea of tryouts? I, uh, I, idea, I figured Hart's going to get a day because the I, the idea is, especially if it's only the day of, the they're right, really not going to change the way that they, uh, they they call plays except for the day Sharon Moore's out, right? But I think everything else, like you know, they're going to give somebody a day in the spotlight. I, if if anybody on this staff really would like to have like a day where the camera's on him and he's roaming up and down the sidelines with a microphone and everything, it's it's, it's Mike Hart. I want him. I want him at a presser. I love hard at pressers. Hard at pressers is like the best pressers we've ever had. Yeah, when they when they told Jim that you're gonna have four post game or four game days that you're not gonna do in game interviews, post game, yeah. yeah. he might have said sign me up. So maybe that might be his negotiation. Is like as long as it's that part of it, I'm, I'm guess I'm cool with it. I mean, it's we all know it's the four games that it is. It's not it is not really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. And Seth, you're right structurally. It's Monday through or Sunday through Friday where almost everything the head coach does actually is done Sunday through Saturday, Sunday through Friday. So right. that's the case. But it'll be interesting to see in particular that game where they don't have Sharon what they do. You don't have Sharon. And if they don't stagger Grant, so they add, you know, to add a couple different staffers and how they'll handle that for that. Do you guys have an idea of what you would Because that's a little bit different because that actually is who is calling the plays that day. Yeah. I mean, you know, what I would do is, since it's probably going to be a very bad East Carolina team, is I would let Sorry. fans call the plays. Sorry, I'm trying. <laughs> that, that's a bad idea because we're going to be like, that's not a bad JJ. idea. Run JJ it's again. Like, <laughs> no, I think, I think, I don't think so. I think that the, I think Brian's on something because fans understand that against East Carolina, JJ needs to be in bubble wrap. And so, if fans you do not understand that, fans, no, I, what section are you do? sitting in? <laughs> right, so, Throw the ball. Run the ball. <laughs> Everything, whatever they're doing, they're doing it wrong. Go to the score. Do one of the scoreboards. Text 55555 and text A if you want to run to the right, B if you want to run to the left, and C if you want to pass play. They, they have the hashtag go blue already, right? Where you can like, and they can put you on the thing. So they can put you on the thing and then you, you hold up the card, right? <laughs> Run zone, power left, counter right. Because Sam, Sam said something about the uh, about us filling in and calling the plays that for, against East Carolina that Sam and I could call the plays. And I said, I don't know if we could actually fill in. And then I took that back because I know how to pronounce duo right. I know how yeah. to pronounce duo <laughs> left. And against East Carolina, you probably don't have to do a whole lot more than that. Although we want to see more than that. You probably don't have to do a whole lot more than that. But if I'm the head coach for the game, yeah, JJ's going to be playing a quarter. <laughs> Donovan yeah. Blake are playing a quarter. Well, keep in mind, their, their play calls are packaged as well. So all you have to do is call like the, the group, right? And like, they did this against Penn State. I think they said they called the same group times in a row at Penn State in 2016. So, I mean, you could just, whatever that call is, right? Let's do that one. Uh, it's or, the duo or see. Connor or like a throw for it. I stand by my, the scene from the, 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 the last game in Varsity Blues, give Davis Warren the headset. And let him call the plays and just let him do it. Well, I, I, I mean, was, who, whoever's wearing the headset isn't, nece- isn't necessarily salient, right? I mean, I assume the defense is going to be left intact. Yeah, the defense I, won't have anything happen to it whatsoever. Yeah, so. and then Sharon is out for a game, so they'll have Mike Hart call the plays. And whoever they put on the headset hardly matters. 
Uh, like I say, I suggest Tom Brady, but because he ain't working that week, as far as I know. And and but whoever else they can they can use, they use Jay Harbaugh would be fine because you know you have limited slippage there. For, please please say MGO blog reader Tom Brady. I mean, make sure you yeah. use the entire title there. I know, okay, MGO blog reader. Known MGO blog reader Tom Brady. That's, that is only to differentiate him from Michigan track athlete Tom Brady. That's how you right. differentiate. That's true. true. That's true. MGO blog reader Tom right. Brady. He has nothing else on his resume. And yeah. Michigan track athlete Tom Brady, because that's how you differentiate the right. differentiate the two. Yeah. So, but but I mean, I really do hope that uh, Harbaugh doesn't come out and say, "Well, no comment. This is all pending." You know, I really he would like him. He can't say anything well, more than that, can he? <laughs> I think most of it is going to be that because he, most of it he can't I, I comment after negotiating or whatever. I I think he could comment on if he wanted to about. As Sam and I were talking about, if someone asks about structurally, if you're out and Sharon is whatever, if he they could yeah. maybe ask kind of questions like that. But I think he's going to punt on most things that involved involved. Like this, how much does he like talk about himself anyway? He likes talking about his team. He likes talking about right. his guys. He doesn't like talking about himself anyway. So it, it makes it easier to punt on questions that are about him being suspended. Well, I I would I would like my for him to say is look, I never told a single thing to the NCAA. That was untrue. Anything that I talked to them was true, and leave it at that. Well, that you could know? be a part of your. That could, I mean, that's yeah. essentially a no comment. I have been yeah. utterly truthful with the NCAA. I have nothing else that I can say about it right now. But you could. Right. That, that would be Sam good. Said, that would be good yeah. enough. As Sam said, find a way to slide in the statement. Mm. I don't lie. I didn't lie. I'm not a liar. Don't care. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole our whole thing is just like what they say to the press does not really matter unless they say something beyond the pale but i mean the whole the, the best thing that comes out of the big 10 meetings is uh, it used to be michael spath but somebody goes around and asks people things off the record about the other team like the anonymous or, yeah the anonymous of about the other teams yeah that's the that's the only thing i care about that comes out of big 10 meetings all right speaking of big 10 media days let's shift away from michigan well obviously this conversation will be continuing because we'll get more over the course of the next week between now and when you guys are back on or maybe the next few weeks when you guys obviously are here on the show but Media Days uh, opened up yesterday. Tony Petiti was first. Uh, nothing really all that uh, exciting about from Tony Petiti, I don't think. But the real stuff for most of us comes from the last speaker at the podium yesterday, which is Ryan Day. And the first one, we talk about this almost every week. I feel like every time I'm talking with you guys, it comes up every week. Because Ryan Day loves to talk about a play here or there or a handful of plays. And I actually kind of got in the mindset now, don't we want him thinking that way as he gets his team ready for the season and ready for Michigan that it only was a handful of plays, a play here or a play there? Considering that's all he could ever say it feels like about that game. It seems like that actually works in Michigan's favor. Yeah, I mean, if that's what he thinks it is. That's great for Michigan. Like if Ryan Day is sitting around just thinking about like, oh, well, if we hadn't busted seven times, <laughs> we would have been good. And... and if his philosophy isn't like, okay, the reason that that happened was because we didn't feel like we could defend Michigan straight up because we're a little soft on the interior of our defense because they don't face the kind of running game that Michigan has, then that is good for Michigan. And like, you know, all the stuff that CJ Stroud was saying after everything that happened where it's like, this doesn't define me. Great. Yeah. Think that that's great. I, I think that's a, a good attitude for all Ohio State players to have. If we beat Michigan, it's nice. And if we don't, eh, I'm just going to go to the league. That's great. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's that's the kind of attitude we want from Ohio State's head coach. I mean, the guy is 31-2 and two career against the Big Ten, right? And if he's 39-3 and three against the Big Ten next year at the end of the year, he could get fired. There is no man on earth who wants this game to be just another game more than Ryan Day. The only thing it's the only thing he's got they got against him right like he can win the big one he okay he comes unprepared sometimes for the beginning of the season some of his hires have been a little you know no urban meyer but the guy has been winning every single big 10 game except for two and what's the only thing anyone wants to focus on those two the two go for it ohio state yeah. think about the other 31 big 10 wins that this guy has and don't think about those that game doesn't matter let that game go call it a loss yeah, the uh, I don't see. I mean, I think there's a good chance sitting here right now that Ohio State will lose to Michigan again. 
I mean, certainly a reasonable chance. And and I, if they win the rest of their games, I don't see them firing Ryan Day. I mean, that's that's an absurdity to have a guy 39-3, say, in the Big Ten uh, being fired. Um, makes no sense to me. But I mean, Michigan has cornerback. One, the one issue on this team is, like, we need a second cornerback. What does Ohio State have? Ridiculously awesome wide receivers. Not, <laughs> I would not get confident about that game just yet. Well, I'm not confident, but I think certainly think it's a game where right now, if you were picking the game right now, at worst, it's a coin flip. Yeah. Okay. I, I, the, I think we were talking last week about whether the game was, uh, whether those were upsets, right? The last two wins. And we got, well, you know, and, and we just use that as an, ex- as an excuse to talk 45-23 as much as we wanted to. Uh, but it does feel like this year, it is just more evenly matched as far as like the talent on the field, with level Michigan's going to be playing at, the expectations at the beginning of the season, where that game is. I can't. Re- Last year we were like, <laughs> yeah, just imagine, right? This year we're like, yeah, it's not hard to imagine. Yeah. Well, you wanted to say something, Brian. I, I, I don't did. think I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought I cut you I, off. It's a good assumption, but uh... <laughs> that's a good assumption. <laughs> Glenn uh, okay. in on the message that uh, he really likes how I enjoyed all the uh, that all OSU players at Media Day, et cetera, all only have experience losing to Michigan. What a reversal. It's true because we've yeah. had this conversation. Yeah. And one of the biggest differences between the last X amount of games and this one is for the first time in a while, Michigan comes in with the by far the edge of the experience position. Sam and I talked a fair amount about the Ohio State quarterback position earlier. Ryan Day gave some sort of a comment about, you know, we've gone through this before, but when they got to the last few quarterbacks, we all kind of knew going into camp, like who was going to be the guy and the guy ran away with the job. And it doesn't sound like that's the case this year. I know we're 30 whatever days till the season and then 13 weeks until the game. So that's really what matters the extended time that he's going to get whoever the winner is to get ready for the game. But they've got great receivers, which is going to help that quarterback, but they don't seem to be very confident in what they have getting ready for the start of the season at quarterback, which I'm good with, yeah, but it's definitely an big, impact on them. There's a big difference between like, okay, well now it's going to be Dwayne Haskins. And we know Dwayne Haskins is the guy because what he did against Michigan after an injury. Now it's going to be CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud is going to be the second pick of the draft. And what we saw in the spring game from Ohio state, it, it didn't look like it's going to be an obvious transition of power, which is the first time I think that's happened. God, what? When's the last time Ohio State had a questionable guy at quarterback? Was it Joe Bowserman? Is it that far away? Joe Bowserman. I mean, I guess a freshman Braxton Miller. They yeah. so after the Trestle scandal, they had Bra- but they, even then they, they had Braxton Miller ready to go, except he was a true freshman. That position has been up in the air. Uh, and then compounding that is from what we saw in the spring game from Ohio State is that they're they couldn't pass protect. And, you know, we know that Ohio State has pretty good pass rush, but um, this was like an every down thing where like even if you were playing a team with a good pass rush, if you're going up against a good offensive line, that, that player, the quarterback's going to have some time. That didn't look to be the case in the Ohio State spring game. It looked like their tackles were a huge concern. And so that combination could uh, kind of set them back. And, uh, you know, I don't think necessarily that there's a whole lot of big 10 teams that are going to be able to take advantage of it. So they do have pretty much a whole season to get right at those two positions before playing Michigan. And even if they drop one, like, you know, Michigan will still be for all the marbles. Yeah. And they obviously not an impact big 10 play. They do play no game. So they have that game. Say what Seth? I was saying the floor is not too bad for them though. Kyle McCord was a five-star quarterback. He knows how to play a little. I mean, he's had some backup snaps and he's like, it, it, I know he's not the guy. He hasn't like seized the job, but the it's not like Michigan State's quarterback situation where you're like, okay, I don't know if Noah Kim can complete a pass. No, it, it, it isn't. But but it isn't it isn't like Ohio State's usual quarterback situation, All right? Where you're just kind of debating like, where in the first round is this guy going to go? I think they might have a little bit of a step back here, and there are teams that can weather that just fine, like. Georgia just, just won two national championships with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. But Ohio State doesn't seem like they're in that situation exactly. I mean, maybe they'll get a bump in the defense because they're going to be in their second year under a, the same coordinator, and that generally does happen. But um, 
Ohio State doesn't strike me as a program currently that can just rely on their defense to get get them through when they can't move the ball. And we'll see. Uh, but that's that Ohio State spring game was perhaps the most encouraging I have encountered. <laughs> well, how different is that Ohio State offense even in the last couple of years? Just if they get average quarterback play as opposed to elite quarterback play, right? That made a huge difference in their team, especially last year. I mean, considering they scored three points in the second half against Michigan with that elite quarterback play, and they're not necessarily going to get that this year, definitely is a big difference. It's, and I, I really liked hearing Ryan Day talking about trying to, he was basically saying it was the same thing as getting to CJ Stroud and getting to Dwayne Haskins. As he's saying that, I'm like, it's not, it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. So I like hearing him say funny, silly things, which he said a lot of yesterday. Yeah, the I mean, looking to Ohio State, I mean they've lost by by what to us by seventeen and twenty one the last couple of years with a quarterback who is was twenty two. Wait, two. Get it right, Greg. Come on. Okay, <laughs> sure changed by one. That's right. It was four. Uh, but they yeah. So uh, with a quarterback who went second in the draft, is that right? And 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 you're, they're not going to get that. That it's unlikely they're going to get that quality of quarterback play this year. And and so to me, right at the moment, I'm thinking is a very reasonable possibility that Ryan Day loses that game too. I think there's no, no possibility that that he's fired because if if that's if that event uh, would happen. So we'll see. But uh, right now, I think. Most people have Michigan as the favorite to win the Big Ten right now, and I think reasonably, uh, my point of view. Outside of some power thing, I don't know, the ESPN's computer things this morning on TV showed me that that Ohio State has a 71% chance or something like that of beating Michigan, and I just laughed and turned the channel. Yeah. And yes, seventy-one percent. I don't like, know. some silly number. Their season comes down to basically. I'm sure their fans will tell you their season comes down to three games, right? The Notre Dame game, the Penn State game, and the Michigan game. And they just they'll tell, tell you that they'll win all three. But those are the three games that their quarterback and their coach and everybody else will get judged on. I guess you get judged on the other ones too if you lose them. But I don't think if, anyone's going to predict them to lose the other. If you're letting nine. a computer pick this game right now, I would say they probably pick Ohio State. Because what, what okay. it's looking at is how much do you return? What what's the quality of the guys coming up? Especially they look at that junior class. So the, mm-hmm. I mean the the class of the JT two Malayo and like the the uh, uh, Jack Sawyer like that is a bang up class. They have like one of the best recruiting classes of all time. Fortunately for them, Georgia also had a, one of the best recruiting classes of all time. So everyone's just kind of pushing each other higher. Uh, but, and then I gotta give Ryan Day credit. He can develop quarterbacks. I, I'm not going to even start to imagine until I actually see it on the field that like Ohio State quarterback play is going to be anything below like an A minus because Ryan Day plus those receivers plus they have a I, I know the offensive line looked bad against two great pass rushers but probably not going to be the same against most of the Big Ten like they're going to destroy Michigan they have Michigan State at night that game is going to be a bloodbath yeah and the thing is as we know yeah. they have 13 uh, weeks to get I their mean, quarterback ready for the game that we focus on too yeah i mean for me it's just i mean kyle mccord had 34 passing attempts in that spring game 34 and he had 184 yards that's like five and change yeah it's terrible and i don't you know, we know that you know their tackles are a problem I and mean, he got sacked three times so he's under siege the whole time i know he doesn't have the receivers he's going to have for most of the day. He did have a third of those passing yards to Marvin Harrison, but I just kind of feel like after that spring game, Ohio state fans had some disquiet and they they didn't expect the offense to look the way it, it did. And I think that there's going to be a serious drop off. Now, maybe you're going to get JTT and Sawyer just rampaging through the big 10 but i mean aside from a couple of crazy interceptions against penn state honestly jtt didn't do a whole lot last year he didn't do a whole lot against michigan so it just feels like given the performance levels we've seen from these guys in in the big 10 previously like i i i think that they're gonna be searching for answers and maybe they're going to find some. Maybe maybe McCord will come through. But like for the first time in a long time, they're not just going to reload with an NFL ready quarterback. I mean, I just I just can't see that given his performance so far. 
Meanwhile, uh, in the you know yesterday, it seemed like Mel Tucker was you know as a as opposed to looking to the big picture of the season, was only obsessed with Michigan. It well, was he's quite, a he's a real Spartan now. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Michigan, Michigan State, State University he's, man. That's the yeah. job requirement. Is I mean, they do have other games on their schedule. Do they, they are playing. Do a, they really have uh, other games on their schedule? Do they uh, really think? And you know, uh, but he the obsession uh, on Michigan was quite astounding to me, as opposed to. What is the only thing that man has accomplished at Michigan State? What's his own? What is, what's the only thing he has on his resume? It's his. He brought Kenneth Walker into the transfer portal. He well, bought. They had a good year for sure. Yeah, he bought one of those three-wheeled motorcycles. Okay. And everybody knows that if you have a motorcycle with three wheels, you're a pretty cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know that. that oh well. Anyway, like, that I think people are misinterpreting his quote though. Like they they asked him like, "How do you rein in?" All the the hatred at Michigan, Michigan, and he's just like, no, I I can't do it. I, people are are saying that like you know he's he's stoking it or something like that. I, the man is telling you he has no control over the team. Yeah, it's a very Bobby Williams quote though, isn't it? Like ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ninety seven million dollars. Not responsible for these people. What are you talking about? It's not, it's not really an answer for a guy who's a who's a leader. You know, it's like ah, I don't know. We we just. I'm just going along with the, what's going on. Like, okay. Yeah. I sh- I showed up, and the only thing they talk about is hating Michigan. What do you want me to do? Like, down the yeah. side. Right. My fans, my our fans are mad. Our administration mad. Our players are mad. They hit other guys over the head with their helmets after the game. Yeah, we're all mad. I mean, you're right. It's the same old Bobby Williams stuff. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much to. Uh... I thought I honestly there was not a lot yesterday in general. I got a I did get a laugh or two out of Kirk Ferentz, amazingly enough. I, I, maybe because he's so dry, he can make you subtly laugh. You know, he was talking about the end of the trade with Jake uh, yeah. Rudock and Kate. It was subtly yeah. funny. Although I think we all made that joke. You know, yeah, player to be named so. later. Yeah, we made that joke a while ago, yeah. but still. Um, but really, the other takeaway was this comment from you know getting back to Ryan Day and saying silly things. Ryan Day suggested that it would be a good idea to move the game up to earlier in the season. So does this become the dumbest thing that you've heard Coach Third Base say lately? Uh, no, I think the hang 100 and then getting halfway there in two years is, <laughs> is still number one. Yeah, that one's a whopper. Uh, this, I mean, I don't want to do it, but there is a case for it. You know, I just don't think that the rematch is going to be something that happens frequently with USC and UCLA in the league and Penn state released from their purgatory. And if the big Ten's smart, they're going to give a couple of those uh, teams, some cake schedules <laughs> to, uh, right. To prevent the Michigan, Ohio state rematch, which I don't think anybody wants. There's a chance that, well, first of all, TV ratings will show that people want it. The ratings will be through the roof oh. if they get it. So awful That's, announcing who I, I read a lot for sports covered. They had a great headline yesterday after that comment. It said, Ryan Day suggests the game could move, which is absurd. And they go through and they give a whole bunch of reasons why they think it's bad. But they gave the one thing, they talked about the moving it up because of the, so they don't play back-to-back argument. They talked about when Miami joined the ACC. They said this would be a good idea to split Miami and Florida State up so they don't play each other you know, in the last game and then again in the championship game. Since Miami joined the ACC, they have not made it to the championship game to play Florida State. It's never happened. So I think a lot of this concern, like to your point, Brian, is over things that might happen occasionally. It would have happened last year, but it would not have happened a lot. And it probably won't happen a ton in the future. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would, I think that like, I would personally as a Michigan fan, I would accept a rider that the loser of the Michigan Ohio State game is eliminated from competing in the uh, Big Ten championship game. Like that's not fair, but I would be like, that's fine. I, let's, I've let's been on this. Do that. I've been on this forever. I can't stand any. Re- that's why I wanted this whole showcase thing instead of just play the best game that was not played yet. I cannot stand rematches. All you can do is destroy information. Your college football season gives you so little information to begin with, right? You only get twelve games. And then you're supposed to, what, just to get rid of one of those games? Because the best you're going to get is learning the same team that won should win again. Or you could like have a one-in-one situation. It's, it's terrible. I, I hate the whole concept. But Ryan Day, of all people, remember, he's 31-2 and two in the Big Ten. That man wants this game to matter as little as possible. Play it in September. 
I figured part of it was about the weather because it's not going to snow in October or for that matter, September. But they actually had really good weather in Columbus last year, and it definitely did not help them. They lost by more, uh, more than they lost up here. I Some things just don't need to be messed with. I just don't. And in the grand scheme of things, I think Brian's point also about, and your guys' points about, you know, creating schedules so that other teams, somebody's going to not play Michigan or Ohio State in the same, or USC for that matter, in the same season. It's going to come out in their schedule that way. And an inbound schedule is going to put one of those teams, they're going to be undefeated, right? Because they didn't play any of the toughest teams. And it'll be kind of like a, a, a Big Ten West champion getting there. And they'll play one of those toughest teams that they didn't play and probably get rolled in Indianapolis. But that'll probably happen occasionally as well to keep those rematches from happening. And that would allow that to not happen. So, yeah, yeah I, I think things are good. We don't even know right now what the Big Ten's going to look like next year, do we? I mean, are there going to be divisions? Are there not going to be no, divisions? No, no. Yeah, they announced. They, they gave us all the matchups. Yeah. And yeah, they, the, oh, locked really? in for two, the locked yeah. in rivals. If you, you get locked into up to three rivals. And if you didn't, they just gave you, they, they partnered you with schools for the couple of years. And it's going to rotate after a couple of years. They said they'll not rotate. Yeah, they'll rotate after a couple of years. So they can spread you mm -hmm. around. And yeah, the schedules are out. And they did give a little bit of a semblance of a format. Okay. And then Petiti talked about that yesterday, saying that he liked that ability to be as flexible as possible. I think it's just a talking point to talk about why he likes the schedule they come up with, which is, I don't know, kind of a random schedule as opposed to like the 366 model, but I it was a It's a two-year schedule. So Correct. Okay. What, what this schedule told me is they want to get the Michigan-USC game in. They want to get Ohio State-USC in. And then they want to, you know, be ready and not have to like blow everything up again when they expand again because they are definitely not done. And this is, you know, a stopgap measure because they had to add two teams. There was no way to do it with divisions that made any kind of sense. USC and UCLA didn't want to just be tacked on to the West. And this is the, this is the way to do it. If you throw USC and UCLA on the West, you're not going to get the games that matter. And it's just a rule. Anytime a team joins the Big Ten, they have to play Michigan. You know what the last Big Ten team, the last team to join the Big Ten and not play Michigan was? Ohio State. Uh, probably Chicago. <laughs> no, it was Ohio it was Ohio State because Michigan wasn't in the Big Ten at the time. Oh Ohio State had to cancel their Michigan game so they could join the Big Ten. Oh, that was back in uh, when Yost pulled them out of the league, yeah. Yep. All yep. history always comes around and finds a way to get brought up and uh, is always very relevant and interesting. I mean, Craig wrote about the, the origins of the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry this year in Hail of the Victors. That was his article. It was like the first year that Michigan plays Ohio State. And then we get to that game, and it's like a side note. It's like, yeah, and then they played some chumps from Ohio State, but the real game against the Yeoman. Yeah, the real game was against Oberlin that year, not, not right. Ohio State. Because Ohio State was a much smaller school than Oberlin College, aside from anything else, and much newer to football. Well, and, and we, if we have time at the end of the segment or the end of the show, we we'll, may talk a little bit about Colorado. But I find the history stuff is becoming really fascinating how a lot of these storylines can get brought back. And maybe it's you're talking about Oberlin who's not involved in the conversation, but like mm -hmm. you talk about out west, the old Pacific Coast Conference when it became the Pac 12 or the Pac 10, I guess, whatever. Yeah. The Pac it was a Pac 8. Pac eight. First. Yeah, then but they had the, the Arizonas. But the original mm -hmm. conference was not the LA schools, but it was Oregon State and Oregon, which or Eugene was a really much a cow town at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And it was like Idaho and like some of the schools like that that are, you know, kind of like the schools that they're going to get back with if you're Oregon State and you're Washington State. They actually made sense to be in that conference back in the 50s. And they're going to end up back, at least some of those schools, back in that conference with them again when the uh, when the Pac-12 dissolves. We'll get to that the, later on. But the it's the thing with the Big Ten as you things evolve and you just see Michigan has not not played Ohio State in the last game of the year outside of the COVID season since 1935. Well, 34 was the last time they didn't do it. 35 was when it started. Some things don't need to change. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the one thing, if you're bringing up the PCC, the reason why that conference fell apart because they all started tattling to each other on, at the NCAA. I don't know why I'm bringing that up as a lesson right now, but I would suggest if someone wants to look at a history and see what happens to conferences that seem very powerful and are in very good shape and why they fall apart, tattling on each other was the reason the PCC fell apart. Yeah, it start, Well, they said it started with the, the, the when LA, they brought the LA schools in, it expanded the size of the scope of the conference, and then, yeah, it got really... Um, 
It's been a lot dirtier. It's been a lot dirtier out west than they were. Oregon was like, like, "You mean what? what, what, I'm cheating? Look what they're doing at Washington." Washington's like, "I learned this from UCLA," and then just all of a sudden they're all implicated and they're all banned, and it was it was a mess. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's actually pretty fascinating stuff to read as we're going through all these waves of realignment in Colorado, going back where they came from, but. All right, we do have to get a break in, so we're gonna get we're gonna take this break in. We're gonna talk more about Big Ten Media Days and maybe a little bit about the uh, pack, uh, the I guess the pack ten, nine, eleven, whatever they're gonna end up being on the other side of the break as well. Here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk ten fifty WTK the ticket, and we're still on Ticket TV, right. live on here. And I, there was a Buckeye in the chat for a little while for those that are watching, but do you even spell Buckeyes right? Is that? I just heard of him. I didn't want to do it. The Buckeye who's there, he if he is a Buckeye, is incoherent to me. Well, then he's a Buckeye. But yeah, he was pretty incoherent, and I just I didn't want his incoherence on our chat, so I got him. Yeah, I mean, complete complete drivel and nonsense. But the uh, I mean, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So we had this question early on. See if I can find it back. Oh, here we go. David asked, "Who was the toughest non-conference opponent?" (laughs) <laughs> Probably ECU. I mean, ECU yeah. last year. So ECU, they're coming off a year that was supposed to be the year, and they missed. And the thing they missed was field goals. So they were like, they lost a couple games by two and another game by one that they could have, you know, kicked any of many field goal attempts. And yeah, they the were what, they graduated eight, everybody. Yeah, they were like eight and five, right? Something like that last yeah. year, and so they lost the. Couple of close games, but yeah, they lose everybody, or they lost more than half their team. Yeah, the team they remind me of is uh, when we played Middle Tennessee State a few years ago, and like they were coming off the year, and they graduated their four-year quarterback and a whole bunch of other guys who were really important. But they looked really strong because they were coming off just like four years of of having a competitive team. Mm-hmm. Then everyone was gone, and they were starting fresh. But they still kind of they had some guys who hadn't played yet because they were behind guys who went to the NFL or were close to going to the NFL and. They gave us a bit of a game after Patterson injured himself on the first play. God, I love bringing up great memories, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, UNLV looks wretched, right? And and yeah. uh, and Bowling Green. That's just, I'm, I'm dreading. They've that gotten game, you know? they have gotten better every single year that your friend has been the head coach. Yeah. Now they're I they're mean, improving yeah. from like 127th to 125th in the country, right. but they are improvements. Yeah, they they have an NFL tight end that people don't know about, but they do. Uh, and, you know, they had a pretty good quarterback last year. Uh, Paul McDonald's son, uh, who was a quarterback at the Browns, has been the quarterback at Bowling Green. But he's gone. I think they've got the guy from Indiana will be the who was who played against us yeah. last year in the uh, Indiana game. Yeah, I think he's at Bowling Green. He's and, 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 and they have a really nice running back who could play in the Big Ten named Hilaire. But, yeah. I, you know, their lines, I don't know how they're going to hold up. They it, had it a great guard awesome. last year. I, so I was, I, I was watching all of their games from okay. last year to write the Hail of Victors preview. And I'm, like, circling on this guard. I'm like, okay. I, lo- I love it when there's a guard that I can appreciate. Because, yeah. like, no one else is going to call out a guard from Bowling Green. I'll yeah. be like, watch this sure. guy. And I had him. I already have it written up. He had like his own paragraph because like they had plays that went right behind him, and the guy gets picked up in the portal. <laughs> now then he's gone. Uh, it's like okay, yeah. they got that paragraph, and that's the hardest part about being Bowling Green, right? Is yeah, you get guys like that, and then they're like, I'm out. Right, they and they have a lot of continuity they, there. You know, they they know that they're unfortunately they're kind of can be a way station for kids that for whatever reason aren't in the big 10 but will be if they uh you know if if they pan out and so it's sort of a not a great spot for uh mac schools or other smaller schools to be in it it feels it's difficult for them and i feel sorry for these programs because it's a very difficult way to go it uh, is but honestly he's kind of built his program um on like not being a portal team. So he's, they lost a lot yeah, more guys true. than they could have. They could have lost Darren Anders, who's that's that great uh, middle linebacker they have. So I mean, they, they'll get picked off and they'll have to grab a guy in the portal. But compared to other teams on their level, there was a lot less movement at bowling. And I think that they're going to be 
kind of this team that does it the old-fashioned way, and since no one else is doing that, developing your own players who aren't going to be Big Ten players yeah. might be a, a way to go, and he might have a future there. I, it's, I, I, I can see it working. I can, it's probably not going to work this year. They're probably not going to give Michigan a game, but I can see it working right. back eventually. Yeah, the, um, I talk to the athletic I, – I, I go to a, as many Bowling Green games as I can – and I, I talked to the athletic director last year on the field, and he was really, uh, he's new, not a youngish guy, new guy there. And uh, he was like, yeah, Scott's got a job here as long as he wants it. So I, w- I was really ha- happy to hear that at least institutionally, uh, they're not, they're not setting any sort of artificial uh, benchmarks. Funny seeing Scott Lawford against Mike Hart. Yeah, I know, I know. Welcome back to the M Blog Roundtable segment of the Michigan Insider here on Sports Talk 1050, WTK the ticket. We are online at WTK.com. We're spending a lot of time recapping day one of Big Ten Media Days. Today is day two of Big Ten Media Days. Jim Harbaugh at 1230 at the podium. I know what we want him to do when he starts out. What do you think, Seth, he's actually going to talk about this morning when he gets up to the podium, or this afternoon when he gets to the podium? What do you think he's actually going to highlight today? I think he's going to turn to whoever's sitting next to him and be like, this guy, this guy right here had a great season. Talk to this guy and just like walk away. <laughs> well, that's what he wants to do after games, right? He does that every, every, every game, right? Yeah. They come to interview Harbaugh and he goes, nah, talk to him. I'm out of here. So I mean, what do you want from shit. this guy? I mean, the whole, yeah. the whole point of whoever released it, whoever got put this in the press, right? Whoever leaked out, what the, the deal is going to be was to make sure that some Spartan media could be there to ask him questions he can't answer at Big Ten Media Days. I don't care about the questions. I really don't care about the answers. Everything that I get out of Big Ten Media Days are from those, like I said, when someone goes and interviews people off the record about the other teams, I love those articles. That's the only thing I get out of this. Yeah, the thing that I take out of Jim, and uh, Brian, I want your thoughts on this as well, though, I, it's tone. I don't take out like commentary as much as his tone. And Jim, like last year, like you could tell he really liked his team. He was really excited to be there. And he's not always excited to be there. And I think even with the news coming out this week and the annoyance that I'm sure it is for him, he really likes his team. So I'm looking forward to just seeing his tone. I don't actually expect him to say a whole lot about other than saying he's got great players and highlighting some of those guys when he gets asked about them. But I do think he's going to have that tone that we've seen from him at different places, sound mind, sound body, wherever he's been. And he's talked to the media and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to talk to you all. Let's go. I'm happy to do it. Cause that, as you guys know, is not necessarily Jim's MO all the time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I hadn't thought of it, but I think you have a good point, Ira, that, you know, how he presents as opposed to what he says uh, may be a lot more important than anything else. Nathan Schroeder wants somebody to ask him about his best, his favorite burger places. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm I a vegetarian. Think, I don't think anyone on the Michigan beat is going to answer ask that question, but someone on a different beat might, like the uh, Michigan State student newspaper. I'd say I got my money on them. <laughs> There's always somebody, right, that wants to get their 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 pound of flesh and their attention. They shout out yeah. their name, their media affiliation. The camera goes on them on Big Ten Network, and they're like, "Yeah, I get to ask you a question." Somebody always has one of those questions for Jim, and he always usually. State news is far better behaved than the rest of the Spartan media. I, I mean, Graham Couch might ask that question, or who's a Hondo? That's my. I'm putting Monday on Hondo. Yeah, he's pretty good about that. What about the uh, one of their coaches that's speaking today? All of a sudden, there's a, there was a new story that came out yesterday about PJ Fleck. Did you guys read that one and take anything out of that? Yeah. About PJ Fleck yesterday yeah, and the, pro- the alleged program culture, or is it I mean, more to nothing? Burger, like we all knew that PJ Fleck was weird. Yeah. Like, that's not a surprise. We know that. Um, and the things described were like, oh, they are really obsessive about our weight. It's like it's a football program, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like none of none of the stuff described in that PJ Fleck thing rises to the level of unexpected, let alone scandalous. Well, if he lies about the nothing burger, he may get suspended. But beyond that, I you know, I, I this seemed like a non-story to me. From it, it seemed like mostly clickbait or and and nothing of real merit. Unless what they you said saw is something that- else. What they said is that they use extra workouts beyond what's uh, you know what they're allowed to mandate if you get in trouble, which to me said 
never heard about football in your entire life because every single football team going back to middle school you screw up you run yeah like that's yeah. that's that's how it is that is how every single football team operates when they when i started reading it, i was like who was i mean who does not know how to follow up this question who does not <laughs> what's going on here yeah it was uh it got a little bit of traction i'm curious if he gets any questions just to what you know just like with jim is it a dis- does it become a distraction for him today? But PJ is such a weird guy; he can probably flip the question into some really weird <laughs> answer about rowing the boat and some other. I weird mean, stuff. Yeah. honestly, the whole like you got to clap for this guy when he enters the room is. I'm like, oh yeah, that's PJ Fleck in a nutshell. That's <laughs> just like, oh yeah, I I completely expected that. So yeah. Yeah. PJ Fleck should just go to the podium and be like, ah, I'm a weird guy. What do you want? Like affirmation. Who doesn't like affirmation? Yeah, it is a little weird that when you when he walks up to you and he says, "How you doing?" You have to answer elite. I mean, <laughs> I know. It's, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that it's uh, it's criminal or it's just dumb. I'm not saying that it's worthy you, of being a part of an article and like that it's you know this bad thing. But what if a guy like the, you know the, what if you are having a bad day and you wanted to talk to your coach about it and you have to say you're being you're elite? Like yeah. it seems a little bit off. I mean, I don't know. If you've ever been to a coaching clinic, you quickly realize that all football coaches have these things. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is the degrees of weirdness. Remember the the Harbaugh whiteboard mm-hmm. where I he's got the quote board? I sat in his office. I helped contribute quotes to that, that the quote board. Well, so uh, that's a pretty weird quote board. Yeah. And, 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 but it's just those sorts of slogans. And, and I mean, I tried to coach my son's soccer team when he was in kindergarten and i quickly realized that there's a reason for all that stuff because you can't get people to pay attention to to you unless you're this we this weird like cliche robot and uh <laughs> i mean yeah that kind of stuff just i expect that from anybody who's trying to teach anyone anything so there's some stuff in there that i think it makes me glad that pj fleck isn't the head coach of the university of michigan but nothing that I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy needs to be suspended or fired or anything like that. It's just, you know, just a weird guy doing weird stuff. And he's a football coach. They're all weird. You got to be weird to be a head football coach. Yes. The best ones are a little bit weird. Yes, that's true. Also, the, the worst uh, ones. All of them. Did you notice yesterday? Remember Ron Stuck? Did you notice yesterday um, somebody was testifying in front of Congress, someone from the Defense Department telling Congress that yes, we have UFOs and yes, we have some alien material. People are freaking out, except college football Twitter, who are like, yes, we know there are aliens among us. Now, would you shut up? They're having their Big Ten meetings right now. <laughs> Yeah, like the scene of Men in Black when they put on the board who all the uh, actual aliens are. Dennis Rodman a, and yeah. when um when they uh, when the story came out about how uh, they how they talked to Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis uh, talked to Jim Harbaugh when he was developing Ted Lasso, and one of the quotes in there was there was a lot of things that Harbaugh gave us that we wanted to use that we decided was just too weird. We could not put on television because no one would believe a coach would do that. And that I don't. It doesn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Brian, it's funny that you say you talk about doing that with kids because the amount of times that I, in my conversations like with Jim or with others, and like people will bring up you know narratives that the fans talk about or the media talks about, and they're like, that is not a locker room thing. That's not a coach thing. No one ever talks about that stuff. But also vice versa, we hear things that coaches do or say, and we're like, huh, it's so weird. But it resonates in the locker room, and that's the only place that it has to resonate is within those rooms, the, the walls, the locker room. Apparently, PJ Flex message did not resonate with everybody. Is what it really comes. Well, that's down always going to be the case. I mean, I'm sure there's guys like Ben St. Juice who think Michigan did him wrong, and I think every program has guys who it doesn't work for, and they wash out and they're bitter about it. And this feels like more of that than anything like the Northwestern stuff that happened. And felt like, <clears throat> especially on the heels of the Northwestern stuff, it right. feels like. All right, I'm going to come forward. I'm going to blow the whistle on this, but there's not really anything so far that I've seen that warrants anything except, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. PJ Fleck goes into the athletic director's office and the athletic director is like, hey, uh, could you be less weird? And PJ Fleck's like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. That's why I am. 
The athletic fear, like, fear right. is power, and the power is inside of me. And because what you, you do is you take the power and you pull it inside of you, and then you spread it around to everybody. And that's how we become powerful, and that's how we become a coefficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, lo- go ahead. Good answer. That was a good coach answer there, Seth. I mean, there's, there's like. <laughs> I mean, remember the Washington State coach who got fired because he was an anti vaxxer? I was surprised yeah. that didn't happen to more. Like, I was surprised that there weren't like four or five guys who were like, I would rather lose millions of dollars than comply with this extremely basic requirement. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah they, Tim Beckman. Remember Tim Beckman? Tim Beckman, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, was a, he, was a, he was a great one. He's one of the all time greats in the history of the Big Ten Conference. I love that guy. We, we, we say Otsky, and that's, <laughs> that stands for our success comes from the knowledge. <laughs> the other E stands for effort. <laughs> uh, I forgot about the gems that were Tim Beckman. Uh, thank you for the comic <laughs> release uh, relief as we uh, as we end this Thursday edition of the Michigan Insider. Aren't you on the board? Of- Can't you play that for everybody <laughs> right now? I have a shirt with what he said at that press conference because somebody was like, "I'm putting this on a shirt." And I'm like, I'm buying that. I mean, my only regret is I didn't buy like four of them because now it's pretty old and it doesn't really fit me. And no one remembers them anyway. No that's that's right. fine. That part's great. I love that part. We, we well, do have a shirt department, guys. Brian. We uh, yeah. that's true. You could make your own. That's true. You have a you have a store. Yeah, or a shirt an Illinois fan put it together, and I felt like I should buy it from the Illinois fan. Way to support Illinois. We, they appreciate that. So next week at this time, guys, fall camp will be getting underway. Media days will be obviously concluded. So football conversations will continue to ramp up as we are today, 37 days away into the start of the season. So just over five weeks away. Seth, Brian, Craig, appreciate your time as always. We'll see you guys next week. And thanks to everybody for listening. This has been the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA Ann Arbor Accumulus Station. You know, I fear it's going to get worse for the Purple Haze here. Uh... 